Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today, start of your week. Hope you guys had a good, great, awesome, safe, fantastic weekend. we got a lot of stuff cleaned up down here in Central Florida and getting everything back to normal, and most of the power has pretty much been restored in Central Florida. However, we're still working and talking to a lot of people that are down and helping in the uh, Lee County in the Fort Myers area. It pretty much just every time I get reports down there, it's bad. I mean, majority of the area down there is pretty much gone. And so uh, they're still working on trying to move debris and get bodies out and so forth. And it's been rough. And another part of Florida now, too, that a lot of hasn't been getting a lot of coverage is up towards the uh, Sanford area. This has been something that has been having a very significant issue with because the Peace River and multiple other rivers up there have been cresting and going, well, basically flowing over with Lake Monroe, by Deltona, and areas like that. What's happened is now the, rev- the river is crested over, and it's taken out, I mean, thousands of houses up there. I had a buddy up there that sent me videos, and, I mean, the roads are – two, three feet of water. Houses are all the way up to, you know, the the soffits. I mean, I'm talking eight, nine feet up in the air in some of these waters because these rivers have completely and totally overflowed. And this is, has been, I've warned everybody about this and the commissioners and the planning developers for years now. As I said, when you start allowing these areas that have a very, very low water table, you know, in some areas of Florida, you know, you tend to get set up post hole diggers and you go down two or three feet in the water, you're going to hit the water table. It's that low. And normally, under most circumstances, there's never an issue. Even if there's a storm back in the day, it wasn't as bad. You may have a little bit of flooding, but it drains out pretty quick. What has happened is now, and you can see this in most areas, and I was just talking to Lan about it the other day. I was looking at a subdivision they're building. Every time they develop Florida, they continue to bring up a subdivision or a storage unit or an area higher. And then the next subdivision's built higher, and the next subdivision's built higher, and they keep backfilling it and building these retention ponds and building the subdivisions higher. What's happened is now these subdivisions this last round have been overflowing, and those retention ponds overflowed into the next one and overflowed into the next one. And what happens is you have the original Floridians, the people that actually grew up here, the ones that have lived here most of their lives – are now completely underwater in some of these areas because all these piece of garbage subdivisions that people are moving down here from, from other states that they've pretty much ruined themselves and moving in these tiny little houses, the water can't go anywhere. Remember, Florida's one side away from being an island. About from half of Florida down, you're pretty much living in a swamp most of the time. And that area is designed to perk and it's designed to handle water. When you start going in, you start backfilling swamp areas, which I've seen them do. You start going in and dredging out areas and building up subdivisions higher, like I've seen them do. The water has to go somewhere, and it doesn't perk on asphalt. And that's the issue we're running down here in Florida. And I really, really hope this gets the eyes of a lot of these developers and commissioners and planning developments, and they stop allowing these nonsensical subdivisions to continue to be built with no lots, with no yards, with no acreage and no proper drainage. Because remember, you take a property and you say you do one acre tracks with a nice you know, house on it. You got one acre tracks. You have the ability for the water to dissipate in most cases and drain off. When you start building these little cracker box cookie cutter houses that have six foot setbacks and you can literally walk out your side door and you run into your neighbor's wall of their house, 
there's no water. There's no place for the water to go. Everything is literal concrete on the entire subdivision, and the drainage doesn't work. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up on what's going on down here in Florida. There's still a lot of stuff going on. We're still blessed to be getting everything back together, though. And uh, so continue to be praying and supporting anybody you know down here in Florida because some of the areas are really, really rough. Also, too, in other news, I want to bring this up. This is interesting. A guy down in down here in Florida basically walked into uh, – down in Escambia County, walked into a gas station with a shotgun and with the intent to rob it. And basically the, home, the store owners down here in Florida, the store owner had a 45 ACP on him already and drew down before the guy in the shotgun could get his shotgun up. And uh, subsequently the man with the shotgun was arrested and he bragged about it and said, well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm from Chicago. And the uh, sh- <laughs> sheriff's officer blatantly said in the news interview, said, you're not Chicago anymore. You think you're going to walk into a gas station with a shotgun and try to do harm or rob somebody? You're going to get a pistol pulled on you, and then you're going to go to jail if you make it out alive. This isn't Chicago. This is Florida. Just give everybody a heads up on how it is down here in most cases. And now, this is interesting. I want to bring this up as well. This is something that has been a little frustrating to me because I've seen this happening all across the country, and it's been getting worse, and I bring this up in the school systems, and I want to address it very succinctly and clearly, and I want people to understand that I'm not coming across as angry or hateful or anything, but I want to really make people kind of think about something for a second. There's a school, a girls' high school volleyball team up in Vermont. This is up Vermont, way up north. The high school volleyball team, girls' team, pretty much almost the entire team now has been banned from their own locker room after the girls raised concerns about a biological male claiming he was a tranny using the facility with him. The school has now charged the natural-born females with harassment and bullying for speaking out against the administration for allowing a biological male to change with them in their locker room. They wanted to say this is enormously big deal. This is not okay. The moms want me to do an interview to try to make change on this, and they've said I need to make a statement. After speaking out, the girls were blocked from using the facility and told that they would have to use the small single-person bathroom for their changing facilities as they were not allowed to interfere or harass the biological male who now had pretty much the entire locker room to himself. The girl said the transgender student using their facilities has acted inappropriately multiple times. The girl said that they were not going to be basically subjected to this behavior anymore, and they were going to say something about it. They said now it's absurd because these girls are now displaced in this tiny, uncomfortable one-person bathroom to try to change and are essentially not allowed to be in their own locker room. I want to bring this up for a second here because what they are doing here is they're taking the small – these leftists that are in these school systems because the, the school board has like unanimously voted on this now. That this transgender tranny boy now has the right to use the locker room and nobody can say anything to him about it, and the girls basically have to go in their own little single-stall bathroom to try to change, which is so far ridiculous I can't even explain it. What has been happening now over the last 10 years is you have taken a small, small, minute group of individual of individuals, and you now have told the entire general population we have to not only go along with what they're doing and along with their perversion and essentially their gender dysphoria. You have to embrace it, and you have to love it, and you have to accept it. I saw an article earlier discussing this unbelievably – raunchy, sick film. I think it was called Bros that came out. I didn't even know anything about it. And uh, I saw I saw a, a 
article for it, and then I looked it up now, and apparently the director and the people that played it and the actors are unbelievably mad because it did an abysmal $4 million its opening weekend nationwide. I mean completely and totally flopped. And what's interesting about this is that I asked – I had a buddy ask me about this when this movie was coming out. He saw an article for it, and uh, I said – what? You know, he goes, why in the world are they making this film? And basically what this film is, is uh, it's pretty much these two guys that are friends that end up being gay boyfriends, and there's apparently explicit sex scenes in this film. I mean it's extremely raunchy from what I've read about it, and they are so irate now that the film hasn't done anything. They're basically claiming that everybody's homophobic for not wanting to go there to go see their raunchy films. The reason why I'm bringing this up isn't just to pick on this movie being an abysmal failure. The main reason I'm bringing this up is numbers always speak louder than words. Numbers, revenue, income, spreadsheet. If they're not being manipulated, you can't lie about them. They prove themselves. What you see now is here. The reason why this film didn't do anything is because nobody wanted to see it. The select few individuals that made up $4 million in gross sales out of the entire United States population shows you nobody wants to see this filth, which should show you as well you now have a minute Tiny, tiny minority percent of the population, tiny fractionary percentage that is trying to dictate what everybody else has to declare as normal and as okay. And it's not okay, guys. Nobody should be forced to accept somebody else's ideas and values. I've said this before. If somebody wants to be engaged in that lifestyle, I really don't care. I really don't. That is their choice. That is freedom of will. For me to tell them they can't engage in that lifestyle, I am now violating their right of free will. Clearly, the difference is that not, it has not stopped there. It's gone to this further far woke ideology to now we're telling girls on volleyball teams they can't even use their own locker room for harassment and bullying charges because they basically said they don't want this grown teenager with male appendage in their locker room changing with them. But yet we're supposed to say this is okay. What's happening now, and I say this succinctly. The females, the patriot females that are in this country right now have to start being extremely vocal. Remember what I told you guys about that swimming issue with that, that national swimming champion, the female that was got second place? Basically, this biological male beat them by a landslide, and when he competed against males, when he was like ranked 500th. I said the only way to stop this is when the girls step up on the block and they – squeeze off the starting trigger you let the biological male go swim and do his little swimming escapade and he can make a clown out of himself when he gets done he can get his clown trophy and go sit in his clown corner and he can be a clown you know and have his gender dysphoria since he wants to try to exert that on everybody else and then the girls can say okay now it's our turn to swim it's our time to shine for what we trained for what we did this is not acceptable under any aspect of a constitutional republic, nor a biblical society, nor an even basic moral society, that you're now taking the rights away from these girls to have privacy, to change with one another, and you're saying now you can't do it because this biological tranny male wants to be in the gym with you and wants to be in your locker room with you, and you guys have to accept it. The reason why this perverted film only did $4 million in sales is because nobody wants to see it. 
again, I'm prove my point. Nobody wants to deal with this nonsense. That means everybody needs to keep voting with their wallet and voting with their voice. My friends, my patriot females, it is time y'all get vocal. When y'all get in a position where you get exposed to this, where you basically have something like this happen, up in Vermont right now, the parents and the moms need to be absolutely raining cane down on the school board. And I don't mean physically being threatening. I'm saying going in en masse with hundreds of them and protesting and stating this isn't going to work. We are going to make a national example out of you. Not only are we going to vote you out next month, we are all going to make an example of what complete and total perverts you are that you want to go along with this agenda instead of allowing these young children, these young girls, to have their time in high school and have their own privacy. Continue to get extremely vocal, my friends, because this movie right here shows you nobody wants to go along with this agenda. Nobody wants to pay for it, but yet they're still pushing it, which means we have the upper hand. We have the mass majority. We do not have to sit by idly by and allow our children and allow our teenagers to be exposed and be conditioned to this and tell them it's okay because it is not okay, Dad. What do you think? You know, Austin, whether they want to accept it or not, the Christian roots run deep in this country. They really do. Now, we've got a lot of churches that have gotten themselves completely compromised because of Masonic lodges and elders and deacons that have told the pastors they can't come in and talk the truth from the pulpit. That's a fact. And we've got a bunch of pastors that are also Masonic lodge people that are not telling the truth. So that's about 10,000, by the way, pastors in the Southern Baptist Church that are Masonic people. So we've got all this stuff happening right now that's, you know, weird. Okay, and we got these weirdos coming out with these weirdo films, which is almost all Kabbalist, Luciferian produced and promoted. And we had about 300,000 people go to see this film over the weekend. That's about the real number, 10 to about $15 per person or whatever to go to see the movie. So we had 300,000 of these weirdos come in and basically dictate policy for the entire country. That's what's happening, period. And, uh, you know, it's like you said, if a person has gender dysphoria, I feel bad for him. I really do. I mean, it's, it's a problem if you think you're a guy and you're a girl and you think you're a girl and you're a guy and you've got problems. You want to, you know, deal with something that's like a 50 percent suicide rate. That's that's a nightmare. I got to give him. I'm sorry that's happening to so many of these people. But the reality is the vast majority of the people still know the difference between right and wrong because their grandparents, that would be me, okay, are still running around and telling them the truth of what's going on. Remember what Oprah Winfrey said a few years ago? She says, racism will never stop in the United States until all the old white people die. Okay, well, that's nice. And, you know, if you think she doesn't understand this, and she's also now an old person, too, over the age of 50, I guess you're classifying that now as being old. And so you're in a situation where you think, wait a minute, we can't be the bulwark against this, but we are. And then we've raised children like Austin and children like Harrison that are standing in the gap against all of this stuff, too. And, and you guys get to hear us on the show every day, and we talk about these things, and we're letting you know that we're not okay with them. Remember what I've told you. We've only got about 200,000 Kabbalists globally that are running the whole show, period. You, know, you need to put them on the island of Madagascar let them go ahead and sacrifice each other to death, a bunch of weirdos they are. But this is the group that runs the planet. They control Hollywood. They control the media. They control everything as far as what we see and hear, and yet they have not been able to come in now and put a – almost said a bad word – homosexual film out that's going to basically do any kind of numbers because people don't want to see it. It's disgusting, and, and nobody wants to be involved with these weirdos that are doing all of this stuff. But we still are having to deal with this stuff. And so that's why Austin's 100% have been right about Vermont. You guys need to get together if you're there, get a grassroots movement out there, get a bunch of picket signs. The next time that school board meets, you need to have about 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 people show up and picket that doggone school, that school board and say this is not okay. Pick it to school. Pick it to school board. 
And when the next time you guys get a chance to vote these clowns out, which is what we did down here in Polk County, vote them out. Gosh, guys, I'm just going to be blatant here with this and say something very clear. If a person is a homosexual or a lesbian and they want to run their agenda through the school board, and that's why they're running for office and they're not trying just to help the kids as far as better school, better education, better books or whatever, but they want to push that agenda of grooming to these young kids, they don't deserve to be on the school board. They don't. They don't. There's no reason for that to do that. They've got to have enough a stunt means you know basically reasoning skills to sit there and say no we can't push this agenda through the school board let's not do this because my sexual preferences are mine and i don't want to force my sexual preferences on somebody else which is what they're doing that's what critical race theory is all about okay that's what you know cultural marxism is all about that's why i got up there and just absolutely fussed at the school board a year and a half ago and said this is not okay because guys it's not okay but we've got to stand in the aggregate, just like Austin's been talking about. Now, there was another video that came out this weekend, and I've got to address it. I covered it about a year ago, and I talked about it, and, and I just told everybody, look, it may be real, it may not be real, but I've got to talk about the, the, the hydrogel. And Dr. Rashad Batar came out, and I like Dr. Rashad. I don't know him personally, but I've got multiple friends who know him and speak very highly of him. He seems to be a very, very, very competent uh, PhD, MD. I'm not sure what his background is. But he said hydrogel and the COVID-19 injections has been programmed for 5G activation. Now, I'm going to say this very clearly. He does not know that. He is speculating in this video. So you guys don't go running for the corner and grab your gas mask, okay? This is all speculation on Dr. Rashad Buttar's side. That's what he's doing. He's speculating. In fact, when they ask him in the middle of the interview, how do you know this is true? He basically says, I'm speculating. He's saying at 18 gigahertz frequency that a 5G system can be used to break open the hydrogel and release Marburg, which is a type of Ebola, Ebola, and a certain type of E. coli, which caused massive death and massive contamination into the gene pool and also very, very contagious that would go run itself through the entire population. Now, we're going to stop there because he's speculating. That's number one. Number two, and I've, and I've asked three different physicians about him. One of them said, who, who are all well-known, you know their names. One of them said that they don't agree with him. One of them says they're not really aware of what's going on in that particular field. And one of them said... He doesn't necessarily agree with Buttar, but he knows that Buttar is serious about what he's saying. All right, So we're getting speculation again on all of this stuff. But I had to come in and address this today. It's very important. Now, here's, what I'm, here's all I'm going to say about this. I'm not going to go into detail with it. If you have an immune system that's strong and you've got the D of it, you've got your vitamin D and you've got your C and you've got your zinc and you've got, all of, you've, got, you've got all the stuff that you know you need to keep your immune system strong, your body can fight off a lot of these different diseases. Marburg, Ebola, they don't have 100% fatality rates, guys. They don't have that. The people that are going to be affected by these different types of quote-unquote released pathogens, if this is actually a true story, are going to be the ones whose immune system has already been compromised because they've been downregulated because of the kill shot. And see, here's the thing. It, 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 I have a friend of mine, and you know, he basically eats pork, right? And he basically now has come down with cancer. And I talked to him, and I said, look, dude, I said, you know, pork's one of the primary causes of cancer globally, according to the World Health Association, World Health Organization. And I said, it's a bad product. The Bible says in Leviticus that if you eat certain types of foods, they're going to cause long and lingering diseases and illnesses like cancer. And there's certain foods you just need to avoid from a biblical standpoint. And I, when I started talking to him about this, he's on chemotherapy and radiation. He's already had the surgery, and he's, he's getting very, very weak, and he's very, very tired. He's with my energy. I don't have any energy anymore. Basically, I told him, it's because you're poisoning yourself, what you're doing. And your body's, you're killing yourself slowly. 
And, and so the problem with all of these different types of treatment protocols is that you're not you're, – you're treating the cancer cells, but you're not building the immune system. So, you know, you guys have to get multiple people as far as opinions if you're going to go start doing cancer treatment protocols and see what the actual outcome are for these, out, for these protocols. I'm not going to get into the diagnostic part of this on the show today, but I, I wanted to cover that with you guys. There are certain foods out there. Coffee is one of them that massively increases the risk of breast cancer in women. Deodorants with aluminum chlorhydrate have been shown to increase the risks of breast cancer, according to some researches, in women. You know, you've got hydrogenated oils, which have been shown to increase the risks of cancer and heart disease, and again, breast cancer in women. All of these different types of products are very, very unhealthy, and they should not be used ever, period, at all. You know, let me back out. If you have an occasional cup of coffee or an occasional glass of wine or occasional beer or whatever, it's one thing. But alcohol has also been shown to massively increase your risks of cancer, you know, and, and also increase your risks of osteoporosis and breast cancer and all these different types of things, drinking alcohol and wine. It's all a lie they told you to try to reduce the population and to make people have more cancer rates to basically feed the medical industrial complex to get more and more money, you know, in for chemotherapy, radiation and surgery, which are very profitable centers of medicine. I mean, just to let you guys know that, because, again, all these major institutions are owned by BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard and the bloodline families. And if you don't believe that, you can look them up yourself and see who runs the medical industrial complex. This is the group that runs the planet. And when you understand that and you start to see it, you start to understand there's a lot of stuff going on that they don't want us to know about. Let me give you an example. There are five psychological events that happened that basically are telling us what happened to explain the modern world. And I'm going I'm to kind of briefly go over these with you because I don't have time to cover them in detail today, though I could do an entire broadcast just on these. Well, these were important psychosocial experiments that teach us about the way people think. But more than that, they actually explain how the modern world works and how we got into this mess. The Milgram experiment, we have talked about that in depth. It was Dr. Leering, uh, basically who was a weirdo. And he basically, uh, in 1963 in Yale, the Stanley Milgram, working with Leering and the rest of these guys, conducted a series of experiments on how he referred to as the Milgram obedience experiments. The setting is simple. Subject A is told to conduct a memory test on subject B, and the administrator admit electric shocks until when he makes mistakes, of course, and then subject B does not exist, and electric shocks are not real, but the actors would cry and ask for help. And the vast majority of subjects carried on with the test and gave the shocks despite the distress of B. In other words, they kept shocking people. They were screaming and yelling, and they thought it was okay. Then you got the Stanford Prison Experiment. Okay, This is, uh, this is only slightly less favorite, famous than the Milgram Experiment. It's Silicon and Barrow's prison experiments and carried out at Stanford University in 71. And the experiment set up a mock prison for a week with one group of subjects designated guards and the other designated prisoners. And both sides were provided uniforms, and prisoners were given a number, and the guards were ordered to only ever address prisoners by their number and not their name. There were a number of other rules and procedures that were basically used. In brief, over the course of a week, guards became increasingly sadistic, dealing out punishments to disobedient prisoners and rewarding good prisoners in order to try and divide them. And many of the prisoners simply took the abuse and began fighting, began fighting between the troublemakers and the good prisoners. Now, the conclusion was that this prison guards become increasingly sadistic. Prisoners become be obedient because they're being tortured, all this despite no real laws being broken. So we need to realize that this stuff can happen, and they've they learned from this stuff. It's all part of this MK Ultra mind control stuff. 
Then we had the ASH experiment, and it's called ASCH, and this was another experiment in conformity. But it wasn't as brutal as the Milgram embargo, but it's about the same thing. And then we basically had the Festinger's cognitive dissonance experiment, in which we talked about what cognitive dissonance was all about. And it's basically the conclusion was after lying to the fake subjects after being, being paid their money, the real subjects took part in the post-experiment interview and recorded their genuine thoughts on the task. So, so we need to understand that all of this stuff was teaching these people how to be obedient slaves. And then we have the next one. It's called the monkey ladder. The experiment now is controversial because it's why it's the last one, but we'll basically not really go into detail and discuss it. But in the 1960s, Harvard's scientists put five monkeys in a cage with a stepladder in the middle. You know, above the stepladder step, top step ladder was a bunch of bananas. So I'm not going to go into the conclusion of these different experiments, but I'm going to post this for you online so you can see it. Five ex- psychological experiments that explain the modern world and how they program us like a bunch of stinking lab animals to basically do what they want to do. This increases the massive amount of cognitive dissonance. This increases, massively increases normalcy bias. And they've done this to us over and over and over again because of the media. Because of what they've done. They did it with the masks. That's why we kept saying to you, Austin and I pitched a fit about wearing the mask and being conformist and doing what they said to do. The answer is no, we're not going to wear a mask. No, we're not going to do business with you. And no, we're not going to give you money if you force us to wear a mask and walk four feet to sit at our table. The answer is no and no and no again and go away and we're not going to do business with you guys. It's all part of what they're doing to us, guys. They're trying to force us to do exactly everything they want us to do whenever they want us to do it. And not consider the consequences to any of us, except for the fact that we're turning into lab rats, the Pavlovian dogs. And the vast majority of the people really continue to think this way. Now, I want to give you something positive now to think about. For This this is a good one. I'm, I'm going to get this and just going to just do this for a second. This is from Psychology Today, and they actually got one right on this one. And here's what they say. The heart's field is power to you. Now, this is I'm going to talk about this a little bit real quick because I'm going to give you guys some positive stuff. The heart is responsible for pumping blood to the entire circulatory system so the organs and the tissues and the cells receive nutrients and oxygen and waste, such as carbon dioxide, is limited, eliminated. Research is proving the heart may be as intricate as the brain. Listen to this. It's often referred to as the little brain. The heart actually sends more communication to the head brain than the other way around. The heart communicates with the brain more then the brain communicates with the heart. This is why when you find a person who's had a heart transplant, we're going to go there today, they start acting in many cases like the person from which the heart came from. This is some pretty interesting statistics in psychology when you look at it like that. In addition to that, when a person has their heart removed from their body and it's disconnected, the brain pretty much thinks it's dead. And in many cases, over 90% of the cases, when a person has cardiac bypass surgery and they stop the heart or remove the heart from the body, the person's personality changes forever. Remember that. That's why a lot of cardiologists refuse to have that surgery done. The heart beats before the brain forms. When the brain is dead, the heart continues to beat so long as it has oxygen. You hear that? When the brain is dead, the heart keeps running. In fact, the heart has 40,000 neurons and the ability to process, learn, and remember. It also has its own emotions, according to this article in Psychology Today. Thanks to the field of neurocardiology, we are learning more about the intuitive nature of the heart and how we can apply this information to the relationship we have with ourselves and others. Then it starts talking about the HeartMath Institute, which I don't agree with everything they do, but this is pretty good stuff from the, on this. They've been leading research related to the brain-heart coherence. According to the director, Dr. Rafi, 
Coherence is a state when the heart, mind, and emotions are in, a gener- in, are in energetic alignment and cooperation in this state that builds resilience. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read a few more things here. And it talks about positive emotions such as compassion and love generates a harmonious pattern in a heart rhythm leading to coherence and greater emotional regulation. When harmonious interactions exist among the body's systems, this is referred to as physiological coherence. As this increases, so does the brain's alpha activity, which supports stress relief and creativity. This calmer yet focused state improves learning, making better choices, and an expanded view of options. The upside is plentiful as to why we should increase our heart's harmonics. With the electrical component about 60 times greater and an electromagnetic energy field 5,000 times greater than the brain's. I'm going to repeat that. The heart puts out an energy field 60 times greater and 5,000 times greater than the brain. The heart has significant influence on the body down to the cellular level. The brain's rhythms along with the respiratory and blood pressure rhythms entrain the heart's rhythm. This is the optimal state for human function. The heart's energy is said to reach outside of the body up to 30 feet and can be detected in another person sitting nearby via an electrocardiogram. You can bring into mind someone who, without even speaking a word, makes you feel light just by being in their presence. Have you ever been told that you have such a positive energy about you? The article goes on to say this article on how far the heart's electromagnetic energy field can reach continues to be studies as technology catches up. Now, I read all that to you to read this to you, and this is really important that you guys stay with me on this one. Remember I've told you so many times that as a man thinketh, so is he, and, and, and basically and what happens with the heart and how the heart basically you know, gives you feelings about other people. I'm tying all that together now with being led by the Holy Spirit. We're in an electromagnetic energy field that's being regulated by our bodies because of our heart pumping action and the electrical physiology component of that. We're, it's all around us. When you get around other people, it's all around you. And so you've got to be really careful who you associate with. That's why I said you have to be led by the Holy Spirit on who you're going to talk to, sit beside, hang out with, be around, period. And, you know, let me read, let me read you some of this, and I'll give you some more biblical stuff on it. The bioelectric field in the body is a combination of electrical individual cell fields and the nervous system in general, electrolytic fluids flowing through the body, brain activity along with the piezoelectric pumping action of the heart, which is all an energy field, which is shaped or focused by different states of emotion and spiritual wellness, which is being filled with the Holy Spirit. This can be measured by studying the coherence or the resonances between the heart and the brain. The energy flowing within a person's bioelectric field creates magnetic energy around their body that has the capacity, listen to this, to interact with other bioelectrical fields from other individuals, whether from that or the earth itself or the geomagnetic field. This means our bodies are like a transmitting and receiving antenna. Remember, I've told you that. Our DNA is a coiled helix. It's an uplink to God Almighty himself into the energy field that surrounds us. I talked about this last week when I talked about what the demons eat and how the energy is transmitted from them you know, to, to, from human sacrifice. We went into detail on that. This means that our bodies are like a transmitting and receiving antenna. When you physically associate with another person, their magnetic field mingles with yours, and the resulting interactions cause equilibrization. It transfers energy and information. In other words, when you come close to another person, you open yourself up to them, and the information in their field can be downloaded to yours. In other words, the energy fields commingle. I talked about that a few weeks ago when I talk about sometimes you'll go out on a date with somebody and you hold their hand, and suddenly you feel like an electrical discharge. That's the merging of these fields. Now, it happens very, very rarely, but it does happen. So we need to understand that this whole electromagnetic thing that we talk about over and over again in our bodies and this whole planet that we live on is a giant electromagnetic field. 
and it's held together through Jesus. The Bible says that all things are held together through him. And what you could do is you could almost look at this satanic influence in our culture with these 300,000 weirdos going to this movie. This is a virus inside of our system that basically is in there contaminating people and destroying God's creation. Remember, they want to go in and create everything evil all of the time because they want to change the bioelectrical field on the entire planet so they can make people evil all the time and have negative thoughts all of the time. People need to understand that. The coherence between a person's heart and brain determines how receptive they are to the inflowing streams of information or how open we feel around another person is engaged by the level of your own coherence. This was demonstrated by the CIA when they worked in this type of research back in the 60s and the 70s. They were able to prove this stuff that I'm talking to you guys about right now. So it's very, very important. Listen to me. This is critical. You got to choose your friends well. The Bible says it this way that bad company corrupts good character. It means it very sincerely. I've seen it too with this. If a person has a problem with alcohol or the person has a problem with drugs and they're hanging out with people that use drugs or people that use alcohol or do other things they shouldn't be doing, that bioelectric field transfers back into that person. And they, want to start, they start craving alcohol again or they start craving drug, drugs again. That's why there's certain people in your life that you need to, see to shake the dust off your feet like the Bible says to do and walk away and not associate with them. If you know every time you want to go out with them, they want to smoke dope or pot or whatever they want to smoke or they want to get drunk, it's a real high possibility that you probably need to stay away from those people. In fact, yes, don't go around them anymore. As an, in, as, as an, an individual produces their own bioelectrical field, which is a magnetic field that goes along with it, it can extend up to 30 feet around the body. We come close to another person and we're open to them. The two fields produced by each person form a unified magnetic field, and the quantity of which depends on the nature of their relationship. In other words, if you don't know them, not much. You know them well, a lot. You don't like them, it pushes against each other like two poles of a magnet, like two north sides of a magnet pushing against each other. Conversely, people who hate or loathe each other likely still share a little bit of information, but the dissonance of their energy fields due to how they react when they come into contact with, the other, with each other will reduce information transference. And we need to understand all of this stuff is very, very real, and that's why it says again in the Bible to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, and then they say if it, when people basically actually hug each other, like you hug your son or you hug your daughter or you, hold, you hug your little child, which you need to do, by the way, on a ongoing basis, and you hug your wife really all the time, each person's coherence between the heart and brain is increased, and in turn, the resonance between the two people increases, which means they form a joint or unified magnetic field between them. It's so important that you do that with the kids, your children, and with your spouses. You got to hug your wife. You got to hug your husband. You got to hug each other. Just hug each other so it starts feeling uncomfortable and go another 30 seconds. Just do that because it, it creates that energy field between both of you guys. And, and when you understand all of this stuff and you start to see this stuff, how it works and how the Bible's so clear about it, then you start to realize that these things are very, very, very real. And be careful who you associate with. You know, how many times you walked into a room and you meet somebody? Oh, man, it's like gum tree against thunder. You just push back against them and you go, gosh, I don't know about that. Or many times, you know, I know parents of mine in the past that have gone on blind dates. I mean, I did that one time, a blind date in Tallahassee with a girl named Leslie. And, oh, my gosh, was it a disaster because uh, I'd never met her. And we met each other and we went out and I thought, this is crazy. I don't like this person. She's pretty. She really was. But she just she didn't he, she and I didn't get together as far as the fields of energy just were absolutely diametrically opposed. 
That's why it's so important, guys, that you maintain communion with people of like minds. That's why going to church on a regular basis, if you can do it, is very, very important. That's why corporate singing and corporate praise and anointing is so important because it allows that unified field to merge between everybody and allows you to be uplifted in your spirit and keep your mind and heart in Christ Jesus all the time. This is why prayer is so important. You've got to pray unceasingly. I prayed for you guys again this morning and realize. Be careful on who you associate with. If you don't want to be with somebody because of the energy field impact that you feel when you get around them, there's a high probability you don't need to be around them. And, and you know, and when you start dating people, if you don't feel that energy is compatible, you probably need to step away from that and say, I'm not sure about this. But always remember that good company will be corrupted by bad character. It doesn't go the other way around. Stay away from people that want to go to places that you know you shouldn't ought to go. Just avoid them. Avoid doing the things that you know you shouldn't ought to do. And I wanted to bring this portion of the show to you guys today because, you know, quite frankly, I got tired of talking about all the negative stuff. And I want to talk about the power that we have through the Holy Spirit and how we can do all things through Christ who strengthens because we have a unified energy field. I get so many of you guys are emailing me at askdrtedb at yahoo.com, and, and I ask, you know, go ahead and send me a photograph for your communication with me, and I'm going to put it into your contacts because I won't be able to see you when I pray for you, et cetera, et cetera. And I thank you for doing all that because, guys, listen to me. When I pray for you guys individually, I can actually see what you look like. It, it really ties us together even better. It's so important to understand that, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You guys are family. If anybody proved anything about UBI being a family to us, you know, when, when Sharon passed a few months ago and you guys sent all those flowers, you proved to me that you're my family. And I proved to you by praying for you every day and being part of your life and being in your house every single day and talking to you every single day that I love you guys and I appreciate you. But I want to share that with you today about the unified field that we have. Remember, Chuck Mister said it this way. He said it was so, it was so interesting what he said. He said, every proton in the universe knows what every other proton is doing for, and every, every second of the, of, the, of the universe. We're connected to quantum entanglement. We're connected to scalar energy, which has no barrier in time space. So when I pray for you guys, whether you're here or in Australia, the prayer is instantaneously. It happens instantly. When you pray for me, it happens instantly. That's the unity of the believer, of Christ, of Christians. That's why the Bible says they'll know that you're my disciples because you love one another. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for praying for us. I want to thank you for supporting Health Masters and getting your toothpaste without fluoride and all of your vitamins from us. You guys are absolutely amazing to me. I love you guys so much. Austin, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? You're exactly right. I mean, I really do appreciate all the continued support. I've been going through a lot of the emails, people checking up on us still from last week when we didn't have internet for a few days and just you know pushing through everything. And so, again, thank you for the support. And Thank you for getting anything you need from us at Health Masters. You know, we're a very small family-owned company, and we do the best we can to produce the highest quality supplements we can physically produce. And, I mean, we constantly are producing top-tier stuff and putting it on sale and different specials. And I have a lot of different stuff I'm working up this week that I'm going to be putting on some new kits together on the front page. So be sure to check them out. And also, too, check out the product of the week, the HGH Stimulate. This is an incredibly good product that helps out with exercise, endurance, helps out with muscle recovery, also helps out significantly with blood flow and circulation. It's on sale right now for 12% off. Anybody that's tried it before knows how good it is. Be sure to check it out right now on Product of the Week, the HGH Stimulate on the front page. Also, to another news, I thought this was something positive, at least in a direction for Canada, that I haven't seen many positive things go for them lately. Saskatchewan uh, and also Alberta has now rejected 
Justin Trudeau's assault weapon ban. And what's interesting enough about this is now they have pretty much said this assault weapons ban is so far overreaching that even in their liberal state of mind they're in, they think it violates a lot of the laws of the law-abiding citizens of Canada now. And they said you're basically telling you're going to take the property and confiscate weapons of law-abiding uh, firearm owners because now they've essentially added certain bolt-action rifles in this list of assault weapons on this bill. There's like over 1,500 guns that are going to be prohibited and banned as assault weapons. And what's interesting about this is now – so a bunch of these, these judges now have basically struck it down. Lawmakers said, no, we're not going along with this now. We're, we're not going to go along with your assault weapons ban at all in these areas of Saskatchewan and in Alberta. And I hope the other basically areas of Canada follow suit because this is what I've always – always always told everybody because i have been such a huge history buff over the years especially of gun laws and gun rights of numerous countries and weapon rights of empires and so forth and you look back no gun laws ever stop once they start they always slowly increase further and further and further and at 100 percent of the time always is the excuse of for your protection well, you can't have this weapon anymore. This weapon's too dangerous. It's, it's for your protection and safety. We've got to confiscate this one. You can have these guns. These are fine. But, you know, these, 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 these bad, dangerous guns, we have to ban them for your protection. And it goes down the list. And the problem is it never stops. And in most cases, it reaches all the way to the point, like in Great Britain over in the U.K., you could have like a single-shot 12-gauge for hunting. I mean, I don't know if you have an over and under over there. I, I haven't followed much of their laws anymore because they're pretty much non-existent as far as what you can own. But I think you can own like an over and under, like a single-barrel shotgun. That's it, like one one shot, two shot. The extent of your firepower over there, which means you're not doing nothing as far as from any type of security standpoint. You get three or four or five people trying to attack your home, trying to break in. You have multiple multiple suspects trying to do a home invasion. You got a single shot twelve gauge. You'll get the first one. I'll give you that. Twelve gauge shotgun close quarters is very effective. You're not gonna be able to reload that gun fast enough. No way. Break the barrel down, pull the round out, put the other slide the other twelve gauge cartridge in. You know, slap it back together. No way. And that they know this. They want to make sure the population is subservient and submissive to the all-powerful government. That's why I've told everybody before, there can be no compromise on our gun laws anymore. I don't care what they try to shove down everybody's faces and tell you, we have to do this and we're banning this and we're banning that. No. The answer is no. Just like we've seen over the years, every time they try to come in with the slow, slow pushing of, well, now we're going to allow adult men to use the bathroom with children in different sexes bathrooms in Target. When I told you guys that, I said, no, so that's not okay. Now you see where it is. Now you have girls' entire volleyball teams in Vermont being banned from using their own locker rooms because one boy is in there that wants to be a transgender. Like Dad said, if these kids got transgender dysphoria, that could be a serious problem. That's not, it's not, it's not a light, light topic. But you can't go along with it and pretend like it's not a disorder and treat it like it's the new norm. That's the problem that's happening. If there truly are kids that are having these issues and you know that they're having a problem, we need to be talking with them. We need to be praying with them. We need to get them counseling. But not going along and saying we're going to not only support your gender dysphoria, we're now going to tell everybody else in the school they have to go along with your delusion that you're having right now. That's not okay in any civilized society, my friend.
So please, please continue to get the truth out there. And on top of that, I saw this article earlier about San Francisco, which is not surprising. San Francisco School District now is putting together an elementary name and pronoun information sheet. Yes, I said elementary. Let's talk about sexuality and keep it from your parents. This is what their mantra now is coming together here. On the first page of it, it says elementary name and pronoun information sheet. What is your official name? What would you like me to call you in class? What name would you like me to use when you're with your grown-ups or parents? Pronouns? Would you like me to call you boy, girl, or something else? And the list goes down the line further and further and further. And they blatantly saying now, what would you like me to refer to you as when I call your parents? Literally says that right here. Really, guys? What do you want us to refer to you as when you call your parents? And they're going to – this is elementary, by the way. This is elementary school, and they also have it that there's certain things that the parents can and cannot opt out of for sex ed. This is elementary, guys. According to district policy, parents do not have a right to opt out of the lessons on gender identity, sexual orientation, which have now been incorporated in the curriculum for English, social studies, arts, and other subjects. They can only opt out of sex ed and STIs, sexually transmitted, basically, disease infections. They can opt out of those two. They cannot opt out of gender identity and sexual orientation because they have said blatantly is incorporated into the curriculum with English, social studies, arts, and other subjects, meaning the entire school platform is indoctrinated with transgender ideology now. That's what they're telling the parents, and you cannot opt out of it. And the children now can pick their own names, own pronouns, own references, however they want to be called, and they can pick and choose which ones they want to know and what their parents want them to know about, and they can keep it all from their family. This is an elementary school, guys. Elementary school, not high school, not college once they're 18, elementary school. Best you believe they're targeting the children for this indoctrination? There's a reason why this whole binary, non-binary, transgender identity, all this stuff has been going through the roof in the last couple of years. It's not because it's randomly, organically growing. It's because the children are being engulfed with it every single day. Day in most of these schools in these hardcore liberal communist states. Be aware of what your children are being exposed to and do something about it, my friends. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I found almost kind of funny because I had a conversation with one of my good friends over the weekend. I was over at his house and I was talking to him and his wife. We were talking about electric cars. They know how much I absolutely have disdain for the mandates. Not that I just hate the concept of electric cars. I think they're some of them have cool placements and they're kind of a, you know the exotic factor where you can get some of these really, really fast electric cars. But other than that, they're just that. They're like kind of niche exotic car. There's no point and there's no possible way they can function in society. 100% electric vehicles can't be done with a grid. And we're talking about how there's this constant push in California now. We were joking how they came out and said no new you know, internal combustion engines after 2035. Everything that's sold has to be electric. And then a week later they told everybody, well, you can't charge your cars because the power grid's basically collapsing right now. Well, now Toyota Motor Company, President Ekoi Tokoda, told reporters now Thursday that California's ban on the sale of new gas-powered vehicles by 2035 would be difficult, if not impossible, to achieve given the present battery technology and the constraints facing the state's electricity grid. <laughs> the president of Toyota went on to say that essentially – there's no possible way to do this. He said, realistically speaking, it seems rather difficult, if not impossible, to actually achieve. 
They outlined challenges to the EV adoption, including impacts on the electric grid and lack of easy access to electricity by about a billion people in the world. And we were joking, me and my friend were joking how Jeep came out with their Jeep Wrangler EV now. You know, and, and Jeep always has been the staple since World War II, pretty much. Is you know the off-road, robust, crude but reliable off-road truck. You know, for people to use off-road SUV. They got the Gladiator truck that's kind of funky looking, but it looks good lifted. I digress, though. So the Jeeps have always been these very <laughs> hardcore off-road enthusiast vehicles. I used to own one years ago. Really cool truck. Drove like garbage on the street, but really, really fun off-road. Really versatile. And, you know, you see them. They make all these different kits where you can put these, like, four- and five-gallon fuel tanks on the side and mounts on the back. And, I mean, you realistically, if you want to load these things out with, like, an Outlander platform, put the big old pop-up tent on the roof, you could take this thing out in the woods. I mean, you could just go and drive and drive and drive. you got, you know, a bunch of extra fuel tanks on the side. You can do pretty much anything you want, get through anything you want. You've got a winch, which is pretty cool. Well, I was joking as I said, well, this EV Wrangler, what are you supposed to do when you go trekking off out in the woods in Montana? And you got a 200-mile range. What are you going to do? Bring a portable generator with you and then fill your generator up with the fuel you have on the side and then charge your car up and charge your Jeep up? It's ludicrous. It's, it's, it's wasteless, frivolous time because the technology isn't there, nor should it be there. The amount of potential, I guess you could say, pollution that we're seeing here in the United States is minimal at best compared to other parts of the world when it comes to vehicles. There has now been photos that have been released – by Corey from P, uh, PPEI, who has dealt with numerous fines from the EPA. I'm, he's put it out on social media, so I'm not going to blast him out there. He's huge on social media. He's done a lot of tuning in the past on diesel trucks, face enormous amount of fines with the EPA. There are now trucks that are for export only, produced by Ford, that there are now full detailed photos of. that They say export only on the sticker that have been going over to Qatar and also going over to Ukraine, and they're basically – uh, XL four-door models with like flatbeds or no, no beds. They're basically, you know, work trucks. Ford is confirmed building these in their Ford plants with zero EGR emissions, zero DPF emissions, with straight exhaust, no EGR, no recirculating gas. They can show it underneath the truck. He's basically has photos of them underneath the hood which means Ford is building vehicles with zero emission compliance on them and shipping them for export only to other parts of the United States or parts of the entire world. Now, I have to ask the million-dollar question. If multiple other parts of the world aren't requiring emissions and they're not requiring DEFs and they're not requiring that they put this DEF fluid, why in the world do we think it's possibly going to somehow stop the greenhouse gas emissions and the pollution if the United States is the only moron in the entire world that's making everybody use these emission systems that massively reduces the reliability of the trucks, cuts the fuel mileage into about a third of what it normally is, and causes massive, massive overheating of these engines. Reliability goes to poo, and the DEF fluid, which has continued to go through the roof, is becoming more and more expensive because it's made out of urea, which is fertilizer which is basically not cheap to produce either. This is complete and total theater. He also showed another photo of the beast, the armored car that they have for Biden and every other president, the giant armored Cadillac that is built on a one-ton diesel platform. It has an LML Duramax in it. 
and Corey from PPEI showed the schematics on it because the Department of Defense had him tune the diesel engine in the armored car that the president rides around in that has zero emissions on it whatsoever, including a massive 220-gallon-per-hour lift pump that they also use on it to feed in enough fuel to keep it running. This is what our government does on a regular basis. Rules for thee, but not for me. Why the EPA is fining people, throwing them in jail, giving them tens of millions of dollars in fines because they may take an emission pipe off their truck that's five or ten years old is now sending emissions-free vehicles to other parts of the world through Ford Motor Company while they're telling us we need to go to EV because even our vehicles now with all these emissions are too polluted, my friends. This is the travesty that we have now watched in the United States, and this stuff has to start going out there and making its rounds and waking people up for the complete and total arrogance that they're showing us right now, not to mention the level of just their, their level of compromise of what they're willing to do and how they're willing to do this to everybody else, but yet we're supposed to sit back and accept it. Not okay, my friends. Get the truth out there. That's why we have it on this show on a regular basis. What do you think, Deb? You know, the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy has no boundaries. That they're going to producing diesel vehicles that go over to Qatar in the Middle East with absolutely zero pollution controls. I mean, it's, it, it actually is mind-boggling to me, Austin, I mean, because those trucks are probably getting over 30 miles per gallon because of the lack of pollution on them, uh, you know, as far as controls. And I just and I think it's amazing because before before they before they ended up putting all of this stuff on these trucks and, and retro engineering and retrofitting them back, you know, almost 15 years ago now. They had gotten these diesels to run pretty doggone clean. They had. They had run pretty clean without a bunch of pollution control stuff on them. And, and, it's, and, it, and the, all this stuff has not increased the pollution of these – decreased the pollution of these vehicles because of the amount of fuel they're now burning. They, they get half the fuel mileage they used to get. I've, I've got a diesel Tahoe. And the thing, if you drive it at like 63 miles an hour on the highway, it gets like 35 miles per gallon, and that's including all the pollution controls on it. What would that vehicle get? If it didn't have all the pollution stuff on it, it'd probably get 50 miles per gallon. And so it's silliness that we're having to use all this extra oil, burn all this extra fuel in order to try to, to have these EPA, quote-unquote, limits put in place. And now they're saying that they cannot produce enough of these gas cars and have enough infrastructure set up with the, uh, with the charging stations to make it even practical. And we need, we need to just realize all that stuff. And, I, you know, guys, it's one of those things. If we think – that you know we're being told the truth about any of this stuff. We're deluding ourselves. It's, it's a joke. The government is not going to tell you the truth. They have specialized and they have basically done everything they possibly can to lie about everything all of the time, guys. And if you understand that this practice of lying and how it's overtaken the government and the psychopathic nature of the U.S. government, you got to realize it. I mean, every psychopath is well practiced at lying. Anyone who tolerates that person's lying is not only encouraging the psychopathy, but is also oneself psychopathically unconcerned about the public's welfare because such encouragement will itself facilitate the further spreading of lies and deception to the public. This is an article by Eric Zeus on the practice of lying and the psychopathic nature of the U.S. government. It, this is how psychopathic we have works, which is merely a personal disease. It becomes spread in pandemic and thereby producing a dysfunctional society and widespread deception. It happens not only in the presence of psychopaths, but also in the, of their passive assisters who fail to call out to the lie and the liar and expose them publicly so as to assist in penalizing them. Instead, it is to assist their lies and liars to spread the truth. I'm sorry, to spread the, the lies and to basically allow it to thrive. 
This is exactly what Goebbels did in Germany. This is exactly what Edward Bernays did. This is what they've done to all of us because they've used mass psychosis, mass psychosis and psychology and telling us the never-ending lies. Remember what William Casey said? We'll know we've done our job at the CIA with everything that every people, everybody believes is a lie? That's why it's important. Be very, very careful on what you listen to and who you listen to on alt media. 90%, and that's the minimum, it's probably closer to 99% of alt media is now compromised. I'm letting you guys know that. And the reason for that is when people start an alt media show and they're not compromised, they have a very difficult time in monetizing it. That's why you guys have been so good to us by supporting us with Health Masters because we can pay the bills and still get the news out to you guys. We've got almost 2,000 podcasts now. The biggest problem is when somebody comes in to tell the truth of what's happening, uh, they're basically no way they can earn a living to do it. And when that happens, they stop doing it, and then the CIA moves in, and they start producing other programming. I can give you story after story after story of who I know actually is involved with this who are mainstream people in the alt media and that people listen to. So, guys, it's really important if they're talking about you know, you know, volcanoes that are going to destroy the planet and spaceships are going to come and destroy the planet and, and, you know, and her tidal waves are going to destroy the planet and asteroids are going to destroy the planet and everything is fear porn all of the time, all of the time, all the time, and most of it never seems to happen. It's better just not listen to that stuff at all, not put it into your mind and mess up your energy field like we talked about earlier in the show. Really, really important. That's why I started off when I talked about the one doctor that I said today who talked about the Ebola and everything. I said, look, he doesn't know this. He's guessing at this. Don't allow it to scare you. Remember, we're not born of a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind, and we've got to understand that because God loves you. And you plus God, that's a majority. I don't care how you count it. And never confuse the will of the majority with the will of God. You can't do that. Remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it, and we will focus on the positive, and we'll do all things we can to make things the way God wants us to make things and to love one another. I love you guys. 